Chicken and roasting Yeah, that's what we do Set them up, knock them down Make that cherry glow Whiskey and cigars The gentleman's cologne Cheers, y'all. Well, 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 well. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program, podcast, and video extravaganza. Hi, Mom. Known internationally. Thank you. As the world famous <laughs> smoking and toasting. We are, boy, have we got a show for you today. First of all, you get to do without that annoying Ian Barry guy because he's uh, he's on a, a Caribbean cruise someplace. Uh, and and oh, it's his turn. I have. Yeah, it's his turn. And I have further good news. And that is accompanying him, apparently, and his wife on this uh, Caribbean cruise are Alan Denny, a friend of the show, and his wife, which oh, wow. means chances are. Close to zero that Alan will pod crash this episode of the show because <laughs> they're off in the Caribbean somewhere. And I'll tell you a little more about that uh, as we go. But we have quite a show because in Ian's chair this week uh, doing the guest co-host duties is none other than our good friend and our wine expert for the show, Mr. Mark Burrell. Mark, welcome back. Hi, Mom. It's always Always great to have you on Thank the show. You. Thanks and this will be great a little different because you'll be in a... I'm in a, a weird spot yeah, right? in, the, in the room. In a different role, yeah. too. So uh, <laughs> so it's going to be good. And then, as if all that weren't enough, uh, we're joined today by our special guest, Mr. Barry Brenniger. Barry is with RD1 Spirits. Uh, the first time I sampled anything from RD1 was at the Whiskey Social this last year. And I will admit... I had a lot of whiskey that night. I sampled a number of different things, but I do remember really liking what I had. I don't remember which one it was. So, uh, so we'll get to all of that, and we'll do a chance to uh, we'll get a chance to do some sampling. And I'm really excited about all of it. Mark also brought a, a bottle of something that's in well, the refrigerator show right here now, empty-handed. Yeah, and we have beers, and it's just going to be one of those uh, going to be one of those shows. If we don't get enough to drink on today's show, <laughs> something has gone terribly wrong. Happy Monday, somewhere. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, Barry, I want to talk to you about RD1. We'll get to that in a few minutes. Mark, first of all, how are you doing and how are things at the Rainbow Lodge? Oh, everything's great. Uh, busier than ever. Uh, it, you know, it, we're, ge we're gearing up for Valentine's right now. That's got to be a big thing. It is. Now, my wife and I never go out for Valentine's Smart on man. Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. We choose another day, you know, adjacent somewhere yeah. and go out that day. So uh, I would imagine if other people do that, that... Valentine's is kind of like a crazy week or it so, is, right? And it is, and it's, it's always <clears throat> been a crazy week, but it, these past few years have been doubly crazy because mm -hmm. they moved the Super Bowl. Oh, right, right. Right? And so typically the Super Bowl was this weekend or mm -hmm. so. Yeah. And then we'd and have, then you'd have, Valentine's we'd have Day, a break yeah. and then, yeah, right. Um, and now because of the Super Bowl and, and where it lands, it's just one big continuous thing. Yeah. Uh, Terry, did you catch how many times he said uh, Super Bowl during that last sentence? Because I I think <laughs> the accountants have to cut <laughs> a check for right, the NFL. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. The big game. <laughs> the, big the big game. game. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, we have no problem saying it, but they do get really crazy they about do. it. I, I don't. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you, There is no way if you are a 
you know, Ford dealer that you can do the no. Super Bowl of savings. You will be. No. They will. Oh, no. They will bring up. They've even started getting things like the big game and stuff, too. Oh, yeah. They've started, yeah. they started trying yeah. to uh, to trademark yeah. those. So, As yeah, is every so furniture happens. store in town. Talking oh, about yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> the Super Bowl of mattresses. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds uh, almost frightening. Uh, anyway, we are, we are excited about the show today because in addition to uh, tasting spirit uh, expressions from RD1, and in addition to tasting whatever delicious looking bottle that is that mark brought with him we will also be having some beers and i have to say ian completely picked the wrong show to be gone <laughs> because ian loves big beers yeah and that's all we have today. I yeah. saw that when the reading the lost. show rundown yesterday. Yes, I was yes. like, oh, yeah. Uh, from Drecker Brewing Company, we'll be trying their Ectogasm IPA. Uh, from Klaus Brewing Company here in Houston, Texas, uh, we'll be trying their Doppelstick. It's an imperial alt beer style ale, okay. which should be interesting. And then, as if all of that weren't enough, from Prairie Artisan Ales, we'll be trying their Espresso Marty. It's a barrel-aged imperial stout. And as you can see uh, from the can, when we get there, uh, on the can is a martini glass, like a Chocolate martini looking guy with a with a face on it. Yeah, so yeah, we're really really excited about all of that. We'll tell you about some cigars to watch for. Uh, we will also, of course, be tasting RD One. <clears throat> we have a mystery beverage coming up, but before we get to that, I'll give you our drinking news teaser headline for the day. And we don't have Ian here. Mark unfortunately missed the memo about bringing a ukulele I with him. The ukulele. Yeah, yeah, so uh, so I'll just give you this without any musical accompaniment. But the drinking news teaser headline for today is. That's actually pretty good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because you had a bad day. Mm. Yeah. And <laughs> that's day. musical in and of itself. And we'll get to all of that. Uh, when we do drinking news later on in the show, that, of course, is the segment where we bring you uh, stories from the news that are sometimes, maybe even often, not always about drinking, but that are always best enjoyed if you've been drinking. And by the time we get there, we will have been. I can assure you that. Uh, so we'll start drinking with the mystery beverage. And I've already poured these, and I'm going to pass them around. <clears throat> and with the mystery beverage, basically what we do is only the person that brought it, in this case me, uh, knows what it is. So we will sample it, sort of a sort of a blind taste test and smell test and all that goes along with that. Ooh. And then we will see what we think we have here. I'm already getting a huge grin from Mark. I don't know whether that's a, a grin of, oh, boy, this is going to be good or, oh, boy, this is not going to be good. Well, I, it, it, the first the, on, on first impression, um, I thought, wow, OK, so this is not the mystery beverage that I've had here on the many times that I've been here. Right, um, It's usually like a seltzer or something. It's right? usually something. La uh, the last time it was that terrible red Oh, oh yeah, yes. the red thing. You were here for Red Day. Red Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Pirate the, Water. Yeah. That was it. Ian brought that, didn't he? <laughs> no, that was me. Oh, that was you. <laughs> that was me. Okay. Yeah. That was Terry, our <laughs> engineering producer. So uh no, in this case it has a little bit different nose to it for sure. Mm-hmm. So go ahead and uh hmm. Champagne. And uh, Barry, you have any thoughts on what you've tasted? And uh... This reminds me of a, a, a cider. Mm -hmm. um, it's very delicious. It, it, it's, it's refreshing. Um, nice bubbly. Mm -hmm. Mark, your thoughts? Okay. Um, I, a question. How long ago was it poured? Not in a bad way. I'm just curious. Uh, I would say about 10 to 12 minutes. Okay. 
Um, so <clears throat> here's what I'm getting from this. This tastes like something that a restaurant might use on Sunday mornings. Like for uh, cocktails, you mean? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's a, a mixing type beverage. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's 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 obviously some sort of wine related mm-hmm. something. I don't think there's any distilled uh, anything in there. Um, dry but tart, um, and I don't. I'll just say this: I've got a <laughs> I've got a brilliant bottle waiting for you. Okay, good. <laughs> and I'm guessing the bottle will be superior to this. Well, I think that that'll be up to you. <laughs> Terry, thoughts? I could see where he's going with the Sunday morning. I think that I could taste this in a mimosa immediately. Mm-hmm. Like, this yeah. would be really <clears throat> good with a mimosa. I mean, it's it's not offending, you know. It's it's not, you right. know. Yeah. Right. Well, interestingly enough, uh, you, you're all kind of on it. Okay. The, uh, the crispness of the, you know, sort of apple uh, sort of fruit taste. The really nailed it with the Sunday morning mimosa thing. Mm-hmm. What we are trying is actually <laughs> brute bubbles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, champagne <laughs> in a can from Dark Horse. Champagne now, in a can. <laughs> now it's dry, lively, and citrus. It says, uh, and it is basically they call this half a bottle. Uh, so now that you know what that is, does mm-hmm. that does that connect any dots? Yes, absolutely, it does. Um, and and it's because um, it's these <clears throat> first. Well, first of all, wine in a can is is making a, a big big um, um, resurgence. Mm-hmm. Um, and in Europe, wait a second. Let me just uh, resurgence indicates that it was big at yeah, one time. It, That's what I was it thinking. Had, it had a moment. Okay. Um, okay. A few I don't know, 10, 12 years ago. Or okay. So. Um, and it fizzled. Um, and and now uh, you're seeing a lot of producers starting to to put wine in can. Um, and You've seen it almost completely in beer. Like very yep. few beers are bottling yeah. now craft beers. Right. Uh, you you see almost all of them. Well, have it's gone easier. To cans. It's easier and cheaper. Yes, exactly. To use a can mm-hmm. than you do a bottle. And in Europe, they would do these tiny little four ounce cans mm-hmm. um, all over the place. You can find lots of different things. This particular producer is is um, is known for. Many things in California, but it's you, you can see that it's California appellated, mm-hmm. which means they're source, they're sourcing their fruit from all over the state, okay, not just a specific part of it. Yeah, Modesto, California, Dark Horse Wines, which so, also leads me to believe that it's probably owned by Gallo. Oh, it could be. Oh, yeah, which not neither a good or bad thing, and just yeah. Gallo has a huge presence in Modesto specifically. It's interesting on the can where they describe it. They they give their Modesto California Dark Horse Wines Modesto California three hundred seventy five milliliters, and then it calls it carbonated wine. <laughs> okay, is, oh, how is carbonated wine? Different from what we sparkling. would call sparkling wine or yeah. champagne. So in champagne and in many other areas, um, the way that 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 wine is made is that it goes through a secondary fermentation. They they basically they they bottle whatever thing they have. They add sugar and yeast, and it ferments again in the mm-hmm. bottle. They crack the top, put a cork in it, and let it go. That's the champagne method, champenoise method, traditional. Um, but there are some places like in northern Italy and and for a less expensive style of wine, mm-hmm. well, they'll actually run carbon dioxide through the the juice, which is the, where it gets the, the bubbles in that, and case, that's yeah. where you get carbonated wine. Okay, instead of and you mentioned it being less expensive. Is it 
considered, I would guess, less desirable as well, right? Um, yes, probably, uh, especially to a lot of uh, like high end consumers, I would think yeah. so. Someone who's used to drinking this is you could. It's obvious this is not sh- not champagne, right? It's obvious this is not you know um, uh, Spanish sparkling or right. you know whatever. Um, and 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 that's that's where I was getting it. Not only that, but the bubbles are massive. Yes. Yeah, they, they are. are much yes. bigger than what you're used to from sparkling wine. Correct. Yeah. Is, mm-hmm. yeah. is that in a six pack sold or in a twelve pack? Uh, How is that sold th- individually? This particular one, uh, uh, my wife actually bought this um, uh, just individually. But I do believe they come in either a four or, or a six pack. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Most likely. Uh, what's your take on this, just in general? Assuming this is a what two and a half, three dollar. Can so if if I were at a festival, if I were um, outside at some sort of music thing, if I were at the theater, if I were, I'd have no problem having this. Mm-hmm. Um, if there was anything else, if I were on a budget, this is this is a great thing. I'm curious to to know what the alcohol content of. Let me see if it, uh, of it is well. that easily here. Um... Uh, 10% by volume. Okay. So that's <laughs> <right>. just <clears throat> about under average, just slightly under average. But yeah, I'd, I'd have no problem with that. But I think that more so than that, it's this is what you'd mix juice with. Yeah. And, and I think yeah. that would actually work really well yeah. with a mimosa or a bellini or something like because that. Because it does have a little bit of <clears throat> sweetness. It does have, and, mm-hmm. and those bubbles are so big, it'll break up the juice up. Yeah. That's, I think that's exactly what it's uh, Really good. Well, very interesting. Thank you. This, I think, has actually been. One of our better mystery beverages because yeah. yeah. they have a tendency to not always be yeah. things that we wind up being too excited about. But in this case, it, it, I, I could see that kind of has its place. Doesn't necessarily replace a nice bottle or even an inexpensive nice bottle of uh, of sparkling wine. But, no, but in the right application, it's just <clears throat> yeah, fine at a concert or something. Yeah, wouldn't, yeah. wouldn't be a bad deal at all. It cans all. well without adding artificial sweetness. Right. I'm not getting that yeah artificial taste in not there yet. anywhere. Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> you probably will. <laughs> All right. And, with, and on that note, we will uh, take a break. We got a big show for you today. Lots of uh, expressions of RD1 uh, to be sampling here. We have some beers to be sampling. Oh, and our friend Billy Gibbons of ZZ Top is releasing his own cigar line and humidors. So we'll tell you about that coming up. You are watching and listening to Smoking and Toasting, Crap Beer, Fine Spirits, and Hand Rolled Cigars. We will be right back. Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting. Our show is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. My name is Cruz. Uh, my guest co-host this week is Mr. Mark Burrell, our uh, wine expert and resident buddy of the show. And uh, we also have Barry Brinegar with us today. Barry is with RD1. We'll be talking about RD1 spirits uh, quite a bit here as the show progresses. So Thank you. We are glad to have you. Today is show number 366. And Already? W- w- without Ian here, I am unable to... To completely, you know, assure you with any kind of certainty that we are, in fact, halfway to 400. Three quarters of the way, but, maybe. I'm but, not sure. Uh, yeah, if Ian were here, he could tell us. And, Two and thirds. Next week, I'm sure he'll bring us up to speed. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, 366 episodes of this program. Do you realize... How many beers? How many spirits that is? That's a lot. It's, it's a, a lot. lot. It's a lot. And at least one it's research. It's it's all good research. Yeah, doing it for yeah. you. It's and at people. least one cigar every show because we always like yeah. to tell you a little bit about what we've uh, had the opportunity to smoke. And I had something very interesting this week. An Arturo Fuente 
Casa Cuba Divine Inspiration, Corona Gorda. Now, before he passed away, uh, perhaps with some guidance from beyond in the afterlife, legendary cigar maker Carlos Fuente Sr. of the world-renowned Arturo Fuente Cigar Company reportedly dictated the blend of a new cigar to his factory over the telephone. The cigar turned out to be the Arturo Fuente Casa Cuba Divine Inspiration, a six and an eighth by 47 ring gauge Corona Gorda that turns out to be what I smoked and what I want to talk to you about uh, this week. As I mentioned, the cigar measures six and an eighth inches long. Ring gauge is uh, 47, which is around the sweet spot for me. I like the lower, the smaller ring gauges. It has a pale brown color, as you can see in the photo here. And the pre-light aromas are mostly hay with a hint of sawdust and leather. So I really wasn't quite sure what to expect from this one. The other factor, of course, is Fuente. I don't, I, I can't think of when I've ever been disappointed by a Fuente cigar. So I've had reasonably high expectations when I lit up the divine inspiration. And then there's also the name. If a cigar was divinely inspired, you wouldn't expect it to be a dud by any means. Uh, so I guess because of the idea that the blend was inspired from above, other than allowing uh, that it was rolled in the Dominican Republic, Fuente doesn't tell us anything about the source of tobacco in this cigar. We just have to trust and believe, I guess, which is, does sound like something mm -hmm. from a sermon in church. <laughs> uh, I used a small punch and lit the cigar. There was definitely not a pepper blast of Nicaraguan or any other origin. The Divine Inspiration did pick up a little pepper as it smoked, but it was definitely not similar to what you get uh, from Nicaraguan tobacco. The Divine Inspiration was creamy from the start, almost like the flavor of melted marshmallows in the top of a cup of hot chocolate. Uh, there was also a distinct note of earth from the beginning as well, but it was quite different from the sort of darker, loamy earth that I've referred to in uh, about previous cigars. Not as rich, but equally pleasant. And as for the burn, a little uneven, at least at first, but manageable. Uh, one side did seem to burn a little faster than the other, so I kept an eye on it in case I needed to touch it up. By the second, third, cedar and a hint of cinnamon joined the flavor party. A distinct tobacco note, which reminded me of the smell of bundled leaves in a tobacco uh, curling barn. And wheat. And then the burn remained uneven, but I still didn't really need to touch it up. It seemed to be slowly moving towards correcting itself. But by about the halfway point, I said, heck with it. And I used my lighter to even out the burn line where one stubborn part of the wrapper leaf didn't want to burn quite right. In the final third, I was able to identify the pepper as more of a white pepper and a hint of roasted espresso beans joined the mix. There was also a, a kind of a mellow floral note on the finish. That was definitely a different flavor profile than what I find in what I usually smoke. I would peg the strength of the Divine Inspiration a little above mild, but the white pepper tilts it more towards medium bodied. The cigar produced plenty of smoke, and once I made the correction with my lighter, burned pretty well the rest of the way down. Clearly a well blended cigar, whether the inspiration was divine or not. Uh, it's a real change of pace for me in the flavor department, and I enjoyed that. The Fuente Casa Cuba Divine Inspiration Corona is a $9 to $10 cigar. I enjoyed it very much. Price to quality, a solid 5. And our price to quality is a 1 to 10 scale, but a 5 means you got exactly what you paid for. So that's a good, that's a good ranking, unless the cigar is super expensive, and then maybe yeah. All right, we'll take a break. We'll be back to do some whiskey tasting, my friends. RD1 in the studio with Smoking and Toasting.
Welcome back, my friends. It is Smoking and Toasting. Our show is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. If you just joined us, Ian is in the middle of the ocean somewhere. Uh, but don't worry, he's on a cruise ship. <laughs> Wait a second. I don't know if that expires extra confidence or not. Now, Mark, you just got back from a cruise, did, didn't you? Yeah. How, how was yours, and where did you go? It was fantastic. Um, I left out of Puerto Rico. Oh, nice. And went to four, which I had never been to, and I went to four places that I had never been. I went to Aruba, Curacao, Martinique, and uh, St. Kitts. And man, did I drink a bunch of rum. I bet you did. Uh, how fun. That was great. Um, you know, I, I, I've become a big fan of these virgin cruises. There's no mm -hmm. kids. Right, There's lots right. of really great food on there. And I had booked this one in September when when I went with a group of friends. And I went by myself. And I had just, just the best time. I went to a banana plantation. Oh, how fun. Of all things. And I thought, well, okay, this will be interesting. And I was blown away by, obviously not very much tech there but sure. just how how cool it was that the, the their 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 science behind the growing of the plants and it's a it's a grass by the way yeah bananas a grass it was it was I did just, not know that just a really cool experience to 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 be there yeah that's awesome yeah. well it uh, sounds like fun well i don't know how much fun ian's having in fact he has communicated with me exactly once mm -hmm. from the uh, cruise ship and the it was a text that included the word Cruise beers, not cruise like me, but cruise spelled like the, mm -hmm. the cruise <laughs> beers. And then he sent this photo, which I think I saw that I think sums up exactly what uh, <laughs> what Ian was doing or enjoying or not enjoying from the uh, from from the cruise. If you're listening to the audio of this, he he does not look pleased. He does not, <laughs> he does not look pleased. So, well, you know, they, they have to please the masses. Yeah. Yeah. There, you know, it's true. It, they can't get too crazy. Yeah. So I can't imagine him, though, on like a week-long cruise without access to beer that he actually likes. And so hopefully he can find something somewhere, you know? That's when you go, a Sam Adams, please, anything, you know? Yeah, but you uh, know what? I I had difficulty, not difficulty, but I there were there were the wine list on these things. Again, they're, sure. they have to please the masses. So you get a little bored with some of their offerings that they had. I ended up drinking a bunch of gin. Really? On the ship, yeah. In fact, I drank two bars out of the gin that I really like. Uh, <laughs> gin on the ship and then rum at the ports of that's call. That's right, right, yeah. I love it. That sounds like a that sounds like a party. Well, we, we're doing neither gin nor, uh, gin nor rum today. We are uh, doing whiskey. And uh, Barry Brenniger is here. Barry, you are the co-owner or co-founder? Co-founder, Co-founder, yep. and yeah. you're the national brand ambassador for RD1, which is based in Lexington, Kentucky. That's right. And uh, how did you get involved as a co-founder of a uh, bourbon? And a whiskey company. Well, I was born in Kentucky, you know. Okay. So, so that pretty yeah, much explains it, right? <laughs> and that's that story. My uh, my friend Rowdy was telling me today that the airport in Lexington, which I've never flown into. It's basically a bourbon themed airport, is that right? It is. They have a a, a, a liquor store right there in <laughs> in the airport. You can buy your favorite expression. Hey, I'm not flying the plane. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you are. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, wow. Well, that's yeah, so cool. Yeah. Well, that's really cool. So you are from Kentucky. You got involved in in RD One, and when was this actually uh, founded? The uh, company was founded in January of 2020, right before wow. COVID. Yikes. I was going to say good timing yeah, there. <laughs> yeah. What a great. How did you How did you manage to? Well, maybe being founded just before them was actually. An advantage because you maybe didn't have all this machinery in place yet uh, to you know and by that I mean all the distribution and all the you know contracts and everything that would have to be honored. 
the, uh, the I, what I tell people is that this brand willed itself to come back to come back to life because yeah. uh, we should not have come to market, established a brand in January of 2020, and had a product on the shelf in October mm-hmm. of 2020. So mm-hmm. you know, m- magical things had to happen. We had to buy still, we had to install it, we had to get liquid, we had to get cost of goods, corks and bottles, and have it put approved on a shelf in 10 months. So, you know, it, it was miraculous that it happened wow. and um, just a super fun, you know, we hit the ground running and we haven't stopped yet. That's awesome. What's the first expression you want to uh, uh, have us taste here today? Yep. So what we're going to be tasting is a Kentucky straight bourbon. And this same mash bill is going to be finished in a French oak, finished in Amberana and finished in a double oak and maple. We're doing just the straight bourbon right now. Okay. Um, that mash bill, 70% corn, 21% rye, 9% malted barley. And this is 98 proof. So we're gonna. We're, oh, I, I needed to do a cork pop. This is a sample bottle. Yeah, so, so it just doesn't really. <laughs> there we go. That's very well done. Thank you, sir. Mark, I know you are involved in uh, you know doing some barrel picks and different things uh, with with whiskeys and stuff. Is whiskey something you were? knowledgeable about when you first started no. in your career? No, so it's it something was, you had to learn was, along the way, right? It was wine and wine only yeah. at the time. And then as as I progressed in my career, as I became um, uh, responsible for more and more of the program, I learned more and more about the different things like bourbon. And since then, we've taken a few trips to Kentucky. We, yeah. we went to um, uh, Vermont and picked a barrel of, of rye from up there. And so um, and so, I'm really interested in, in, in tasting this. Well, it's, it's kind of the same for me. You know, not not that I hadn't had, you know, uh, or drank whiskey before, but I was really much more of a tequila guy and a mm-hmm. rum guy when we first started this show. So a lot of the things that I have learned about uh, about whiskey, about bourbon, I've really only learned in the last several years since we've been uh, since we've been doing this. So that causes me to say things that make absolutely no sense <laughs> at times. So here's my disclaimer. Uh, but this first one is the straight. Uh, bourbon whiskey from RD1, and uh, you mentioned. Uh, tell tell me again the mash bill on this. Seventy percent corn, twenty one percent rye, and nine percent malted barley. So in order to be a bourbon, it has to be at least fifty one percent corn or right. more right. in the mash bill. In order for it to be a Kentucky straight bourbon, it has to be made in Kentucky, has to be warehoused in Kentucky for two years uh, to be a straight designation, and then this is non age dated, so we know it's at least four plus years old. This uh, you certainly can pick up mm-hmm. the corn and a, a hint of the rye on the nose for sure. Absolutely, yeah. and, and I've become a pretty big fan of rye, so that's a, that's a welcome uh, note for me. Yeah. Mm. That's really pleasant. Really, it's pleasant. got a, it's got a really lovely burn to it. Yes, that I that I like a lot. Um, oftentimes, uh, these, these bourbons that, that are high in corn become just too syrupy, too sweet. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that, 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 that little pinch of rye, it's, it's almost like sprinkling pepper on a pork. Yep, right, on a piece of pork. It, 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 it really kind of flavor. brings, kind of grounds it almost. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I agree. Uh, I think this is lovely. Um, this is just. I don't. I don't really don't like using this word. We use it a lot with beers when we say drinkable. In other words, not only is it good tasting, but it feels like it's, it, easy, it's not. Yeah. yeah, it's not something that you're gonna like. Uh, this is gonna take me a while. You know what I mean? Would you say 90, 90 proof? Ninety one? It's ninety eight proof. Ninety eight. 
And, and, you know, what I love about it is it, it, it has character. You mm-hmm. know, it, when, when you look at that flavoring, that secondary grain, that flavoring grain being rye, um, the, you know, obviously you're going to be very sweet on that front end. But, <laughs> sure. but that rye gives for me a little cracked peppercorn on that right. mid palate. To me, the rye is almost what makes this, even mm-hmm. though it's not like, as Mark was saying, it's more like it's sprinkled in there than it is a really, you know, overwhelming uh, part of the flavor profile. But I think it does just enough. To make this totally work as a uh, as an easy to drink and very pleasant. This uh, this is old fashioned. Yeah. Oh Murder. yeah, yeah, absolutely. for sure. This would make a great. Without a doubt. Do you have you know you mentioned you know the higher rye content? Do you have a, a plan to produce a rye? We um, yes, we do. In fact, right now we have a barrel pick program. Right now uh, for this year, I'm supposed to sell 50 barrels. So anybody out there want to buy a barrel pick? Give me a call. I'm, I'm, I'm your Huckleberry. But in that program, we've got 95.5 Kentucky Straight Rye mash bills. So mm-hmm. we do currently have rye in our um, in our inventory. So was this the first expression that you came out with? No, actually, we came out with a burr rye. We came out with a um, an eight year rye that was mixed with a seven year bourbon, Ooh. and it was um, it was one hundred and fourteen proof. It was so delicious. It, it had so much character, but it had some beautiful um, creme brulee notes. Um, absolutely delicious. I'm getting a, a little bit as I do a little more of this. Getting a little more vanilla. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, almost like a a. a, a Vanilla, but it's it's it it's not vanilla like you would get in a rum. It's and maybe it's the rye that's that's changing the nature of it. But it just for uh, me, it's a little toasted vanilla. Yeah, there you go. That's the word. Thank you. That's That's exactly right. Can you talk about the 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 barrel program? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So so the barrel program, we're right now in 16 markets across the country and we'll be in 26 markets um, by the end of this year. Um, we we're able to sell barrels to any one of those markets. And um, and yeah, yeah. So the barrel program, I can mail samples to you. You can come to our brand destination in Lexington, Kentucky. I can even fly to you. So, you know, we're very versatile in how I'm looking we do at the- you colleagues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the market. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because this is a, I think this would be wonderful. And like you said, Mark, for old fashioned. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. 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 That would really, really work. Um, let's go ahead and jump into the next uh, into the first uh, beer because our beer selections are going. Oh, and you know what? I actually was going to do them in a different order, but that's okay because I'm anxious <laughs> to try this one. Yeah, no, I'm anxious to try this one uh, and and try it uh, maybe where we can go back to the whiskey just a little bit. This is the Klaus Brewing Company's Doppelstick. It's an imperial alt beer style ale, and the reason I wasn't going to try it first is all our beers are big today, but I usually still try to go from smallest to biggest. So this one will jump us up. In fact, I think as I look at this can here. Uh, I think we are talking, uh, yes, eight eight percent alcohol by volume. So that's not that's big, but not too big. And it'll be very interesting, I think, to go back. And I might have you pour me just another tiny bit Absolutely. of that, so we can go back and forth. We yeah. enjoy doing that uh, sometimes between the spirits and the beers. Um, but Klaus Brewing is a brewery that's in our home city here in, in Houston, and they they do not have an IPA. They, they really specialize more in Bavarian and German-style uh, beers, so they have a number of Pilsners, Hefeweizens, uh, darker ales, things that are uh, just a little, a little more in that 
sort of vein. And as a result, they're one of Ian's favorites, and uh, he, of course, is near today. So, Ian, looking at you, brother. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. Uh, so this is the alt beer, and I never know what to think when they say alt beer because that could mean a lot of different things. I've had I've had interesting alt beers mm -hmm. in Dusseldorf. Oh, nice. Um, that that typically are poured directly from the barrel, and I think this is something that will will stand up. To, to all of to ones well. that you've yeah, had absolutely. direct from the barrel. Yeah, this is actually quite good. You get roasted malt like right up mm -hmm. front, and then mm -hmm. you get a little of it on the finish as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's got a it's got a dark malt uh, taste to it, just like you would expect from from the way that it looks. And it's really it's really quite good. It's uh, I just can't get over the roastedness. There's of a it. lot yeah. of roasted yeah. here. Mm -hmm. I was yeah. gonna say smoky, but it's not at all smoky. It's more roasty. Mm -hmm. Yeah, earthy. I'm getting some earthy notes in it too. Mm -hmm. All right, now it's going to be interesting to go back to the Kentucky Straight Bourbon uh, from RD One after this. Well, it brings more maltiness to the bourbon, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, it does. Kind of what you would, I guess, expect it to do, but it isn't always the case when we go back and forth with these sometimes. But well, it kind of tones down the sweetness of together yes. as well. Mm -hmm. uh, it, they actually pair quite well together. It makes the whiskey a little mellower, I think. Mm -hmm. I would agree. Really narrows down that, that cracked peppercorn that mm -hmm. you typically get mm -hmm. on the mid-palate. Yeah. Yep. And then to go back again to the beer. Huh. So then it kind of mellows out the beer a little bit. You get the, uh, you get a little less of the super prominent roasted uh, uh, note. It's still very pleasant though. These actually go very well together. Yeah, this is yeah very complimentary. Really yeah, I I like that. That's that's always fun to do and and works for us a surprisingly high amount of the time. To be honest, where these things complement each other. The uh, one thing we always love to do is is pair. An IPA with a rye because those two like hold hands and make out. I mean, it's just oh, yeah. the, there's just something about those two together. And IPA doesn't go with everything. Uh, that's for sure. Sometimes the the bitterness of the hops will will really fight with things. It fights with certain cigars. A lot of times, I will not drink an IPA if I'm smoking a cigar because they just aren't necessarily going to uh, to match up. But in this case, do you think it's the bitterness that 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 doesn't yes. work well with the sweet? Yes, I, I think I think it's the the bitterness of the hop in the IPA mm -hmm. uh, just impacts the overall flavor of the cigar and makes the cigar bitter. Because a bitter IPA is a wonderful thing. A bitter cigar is not a wonderful thing. You know, it's it's definitely not not where you're headed, not what you're looking for. So, well, uh, I I like both of these quite a lot, and uh, I, I I will have to buy Ian one of these uh, for when he gets back because this seems right up his alley based on what we know his flavor profile is and and what he likes. Um, Mark, real quick, we have just a minute left in the uh -huh. segment, but uh, when you're making beer choices for the restaurant, obviously you want a mix of styles. Beyond that, what are you looking for? You say, hey, it's time to change out and add mm -hmm. a couple of new beers. What are you looking for? Well, um, the first thing uh, with our draft selection is that I'm looking for local. We we really embrace the... There's so many really great local breweries there around really here. There really are in our and area. And within, within a, a few mile radius of the Rainbow Lodge, there's tons of them. So I, mm -hmm. look, I look for that. And I look for something seasonality. Is it fun enough? Is it... 
do I, should I bring something for Christmas or October? Or, right. You right. know, that kind of thing. Right. Well, now we're going to start thinking summer because it's right around the that's corner. Right, yeah. And that's always an exciting beer time as well. Have All a- right. We are going to take a break. These were both fantastic. Uh, we have more to come, including uh, more expressions of RD1. And at some point here, we'll get into the IPA from Drecker Brewing Company called Ectogasm. Ooh, that's all coming nice. up. And this is Smoking and Toasting. Welcome back at Smoking and Toasting, our program number uh, 366 this week, by the way. Uh, our show is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And during the break, our uh, uh, engineering producer, uh, Terry, uh, made a statement that that I, I think would, might be a good slogan for the show. He said, uh, it's like riding a bike when you've been drinking. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Is, is, is it legal to... Uh, Bicycle uh, under the influence? You know, it's, it's not, is it? I don't. It is not really. There's yeah. no motor. Yeah, yeah. But, like, but you can't. Hurt? You can't walk in public drunk. True. So true. you can't so it's more ride like a, a bike. public intoxication. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, right. Yeah. That, Jeez, I'm in trouble. That makes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I Ubered. <laughs> One of the bicycle cops will pull you over. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You got to wonder too, uh, like how wasted would you have to be? To pull your bicycle off the side of the road and call an Uber. <laughs> that just creates a great mental image, doesn't yeah. it? Could, could you even do it? Could you even do it? Exactly. You I'm going to need a big one so you have a place to put the bike I'm going to put this on top of the car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we may possibly find out before the program's over. Let's go. Uh, so, uh, so you poured us a second expression here of RD1. And RD stands for Registered Distillery. Is that right? Registered Ooh. Distillery. Yeah. Number one. Um, so back in 1862, President Lincoln needs to re-register distilleries that hadn't paid taxes since the Whiskey Rebellion of, of 1900 mm-hmm. or by 1800. Way, by the way, kids, if you don't think whiskey's interesting, you're just studying the wrong parts. This is <laughs> interesting right. stuff. This is great. 100%. History. So in Lexington, Kentucky, the first registered distillery was called the Ashland Distillery. Every tax district had an RD1, RD2, RD3. Ah, cool. in, in Lexington, Kentucky, the first registered distillery was the Ashland Distillery. Okay. So you guys are RD1 yep. in Lexington. And this next experience expression uh, is a Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey, but it's finished in French oak. Mark, why is French oak such a big deal? It's a big deal um, in France. Okay. <laughs> and in fairness, they love Jerry Lewis in France. That, that, that doesn't make him funny. They do. And, and there are some, there are some producers who are using sourcing American oak for that reason. Right. But um, French typically has a tighter grain. Okay, so that's that's the reason that it's yeah. thought of to be such yeah, a thing. And, and these specific barrels come from central France, is that right? They they do, yes. That's exactly right. And, and you know, I've had people ask me, where does French oak come from? Yeah, well, mm. it, it, it from comes from France. From France. The Netherlands. <laughs> so do you, think, do you think these are some of the same trees that are making, say, barrels for cognac and for Armagnac and... Yeah, Maybe I have even to, Bordeaux. I have to believe that because when you look at at oak trees, there's only a certain amount of oak that is even usable for for barrels, yeah. and then the rest of it you, you make furniture, you, you do you make flooring, but there's only a certain amount Kindling. of that, that that's that's usable. <laughs> I have to say, this has a very sophisticated nose to it. It's it's just really, it feels like, or it smells like there's just a lot going on in there, and it's but it's not like. It doesn't smell like too much. It just smells like this is going to be kind of a, a delight for the senses, right? 
Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think that um, it the 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 sweetness is there. It's a little more muted than what we've had before. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't I, for me. It doesn't drink as hot as as you would think. No, it, it definitely is. doesn't. Yeah, is this the same uh, in terms of proof? It, it, it's a hundred and one proof, so it's a, just it's a little more. bit, a wow. little bit higher proof. But what this, I love about it is, is it tamps down that cracked peppercorn. Like yep. Mark, what you just said is that it, it it drinks lower proof, but it's more complex. There's a lot more going on with I, it. I would not have guessed this was a hundred plus. Proof. There's a creamy caraminess too that kind of brings it down. I think. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, this was the first wood finish series that that. Um, rose to the top, and it was the very first one that we um, came out with other than our straight bourbon. What I think is interesting about this, for someone who is kind of doing what I did back when we first started the show, which was really trying to go, okay, what am I tasting? Why am I tasting it? Where is it coming from? What are the different notes that I'm getting? This is one that I can tell you, if you're more of a novice in that, you really can taste the wood. Oh, in yeah. this, mm-hmm. yeah. It, yeah. You, yeah, you can definitely tell what note that is, and and now we know it's French oak, and and that I, I get maybe why that would have been important for this because a different kind of oak or a different wood of any kind would have made this taste quite differently. Yeah, and, and Cruz, you know the the one thing when you think about bourbon, American bourbon, is that fifty to seventy percent of that flavor is coming from that wood, depending on how mm-hmm. old the the barrel is. We're just changing the equation. We're just adding more of that wood expression. And when you use the barrel, do you also at times add staves? Yeah, and that's what we do. We actually add staves into the existing barrel. That okay. helps keep our cost of goods down lower. So this is a sixty nine dollar bottle, where some is, wood finishes yeah. are a hundred plus. And just out of curiosity, the first uh, straight bourbon whiskey that we uh, tasted, what's the retail on that? 59 So 59 this one's 69 yep. I would say that puts it right in a, a sweet spot, I yeah, think, definitely. for how uh, for how delicious this is. This is a uh, really, really wonderful bourbon. I need a Boulevardier with this now. Love it. Yeah. I love it, too. Let's uh, take a break, and we will return. You are watching and listening to Smoking and Toasting. For those of you uh, who only get the first hour of the show, write your radio station, tell them you want hour two, and in the meantime, you can find us wherever you get podcasts or on YouTube. We'll be right back at Smoking and Toasting. Welcome back at Smoking and Toasting. Our show is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. It's show number 366. Our uh, guest host is Mr. Mark Burrell, friend Hi. of the show and our uh, resident uh, wine expert, among other things. He's already shown himself to be far more knowledgeable than me about uh, <laughs> about whiskey. So that's, uh, that's a good thing to have him here. And uh, then our guest, of course, Barry Brenniger with RD1, the registered distillery one uh, from Lexington, Kentucky. We've tried a couple of your expressions so far, and I, I just have to say, I loved that last one. Thank you. Liked the first one a lot, loved the last one. That one really, really was right in the sweet spot for my uh, particular palate, so... Uh, looking forward to looking forward to trying more uh, drinking news also coming up this hour and cigar to watch for EP Carrillo is back with what looks like another winner the brand's first cigar aficionado cigar of the year was the Encore Majestic from EP Carrillo it was named the number one cigar of 2018 we've talked about that here on the show because our friend Alan Denny who is currently cruising in the middle of the ocean with Ian um, uh, worked for EP Carrillo 
when that cigar got the number one spot. And he talked about how it changed everything, that number one ranking. It changed everything the following year. They couldn't, you know, keep it in stock and they everybody wanted it and it was in high demand. So getting the number one cigar is a pretty big deal. Well, now the company's expanding that Encore line and creating a new version with a far darker wrapper, and this looks right up my alley, called Encore Black. It features a dark Connecticut broadleaf Maduro wrapper and binder from Mexico's San Andres Valley. So San Andres, that tobacco is used a lot as wrapper tobacco. Now it's being used as a binder just under this layer of Connecticut broadleaf uh, Maduro. Uh, and then the filler is a blend of uh, Nicaraguan tobaccos from Condega, Esteli, and Jalapa. Uh, the original Encore is made entirely from Nicaraguan tobacco. So this one varies a little bit with the San Andres binder. Anyway, in terms of strength, it's blended to be medium to full, stronger than the original Encore, which is more medium. And Encore Black comes in only one size, a 5 and 3 8 by uh, a 52 ring gauge, and a suggested retail price of $17 each. Uh, now, the traditional Encore is produced year-round, but Encore Black will be made and released sporadically, with the initial release only 2,000 boxes, which is 20,000 cigars. So the company says it intends to release a total of 50,000 cigars this year or 5,000 boxes. So if this sounds interesting to you and you see it on the shelf, you may want to snatch it up because it's not something that's going to be sitting around for a very long time. Other things that we will tell you about cigars to watch for in next week's uh, show, including the fact that now, over half a dozen cigar makers are creating a uh, different cigar makers are creating a special Year of the Dragon cigar to celebrate Ooh. the Chinese Year of the Dragon. So we'll talk about all of those choices that you may have. Uh, uh, we'll do that on next week's show. In the meantime, uh, we have another expression of this bourbon board. And given your track record so far, I'm very excited because uh, we're uh, we're now going to do uh, describe this one for me. What are we looking at here? Well, this is a wild adventure, and, and I want you to keep in mind, this is the same mash bill. So all we've done is change the equation by adding different by wood. What, what you're aging it in, right? By, by what we're at, yeah, the, the wood that we're aging it into. So it's the same barrel. We're just putting Amberana staves into that existing barrel. So on the nose, I mean, you guys are getting some incredible spices. Right? All right, so I've heard in the show both of you guys – Waxing almost poetic, poetic <laughs> about Amberana wood. Yep. What is it about this particular wood that you guys would say is special? Uh, well, so I, I was introduced to this particular um, finish and this this particular wood uh, from a cachaça producer who is aging cachaça. Now, typically, oh, you. you find a Guardiente cachaça in a in a blanco in a white form, and the fact that he was aging it in these Amberana casks or these barrels was just super interesting to me and it gave and it was the, giving it color right? yeah it gave the, not only color but it gave it a finish it gave it a texture it gave it it gave it a really beautiful um uh, flavor and i th and and I, man it did it make a really great daiquiri um but with cachaça um but um now i'm starting to see it a pilot in a few other things and some finished things and 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 uh, um did you say you're one of the only people in kentucky so we're the only, right now we're the only that I know of we're the only company that is having a permanent Amberana finish bourbon that's always on the shelf. It's always uh, yeah. available, right? Yeah. So there might be a, a limited time offering that that other um, distilleries are doing or a single barrel pick, but we chose to go ahead and, and make this a permanent skew 
for one of our products. That's and, really and, you know, multi award when we've won over 70 awards with each of our all of our expressions together. So, you know, multi award winning. This one is a wild adventure. It's 110 proof and it doesn't drink like 110 proof. <laughs> it is very easy on the palate. So no, but it's it's the, all the winter spices, all the 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 the, well, the baking spices. That you totally right about this yeah. because the first thing I got on the nose was like when I was a kid and I would come home on like an October or November day from school and you're a little bit cold and you walk in the house and your mom is baking cookies. Oh yeah, it, it, it's it's got that kind of baking spice. An live apple to pie it. or a, a yeah, bread of some absolutely. sort. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So for me on my um, on the aroma, I, I get cinnamon, nutmeg, clove, allspice. Oh, I, I get without a doubt. Ginger I get that snap. in the taste, right? Yeah, yeah. You can taste, this is almost a, taste the cookies. This that, is yeah. like a spice jamboree. Yeah. Yes. yeah, very yeah. much so. Yeah, very and, much so. And and you, you'd mentioned apple. I get a cinnamon apple strudel. That that mouthfeel. It, it, it's a it's a it's a nice pleasant mouthfeel. Mm. And then on the finish, I get a coconut. I get this sweet coconut mm. on the finish. Some mm. people get pineapple. I don't get it on my palate. But this one is versatile. You could do a paper plane. You mm-hmm. could do a Kentucky mule. You could do a mint julep. It is a very versatile spirit. That, Maybe that, I'm still wow. in the spirit, but I want this in eggnog. Yes. Oh, yeah. my. I've, I've, done, that. Totally I've done that. Yeah. It would totally work. Absolutely. So let me make sure I understand this correctly. The, the mash bill in this whiskey that we're drinking, which is so different from the yeah. first two, mm-hmm. is actually the same. Same exact <clears throat> mash bill. The only real difference is, in this case, the Amberana wood. Yep. That's that's, wow. that's so accurate. I can see why you guys were so crazy about this whole Amarana thing because right, it just changes. If you're using one distillate everything. for everything, it just Honestly, changes everything. The last two we've had, both of which I loved, were as different as any two bourbons I've ever had. Yes, and it's the exact same mash bill. I'm uh, it's amazing. That's just making my head spin yeah, a little bit. That's yeah. amazing. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah, I uh, I really I'm really you can really learn how the actual barrels make something taste compared to it's a yeah it's a lot like the wrapper on a cigar when ian and i were in honduras as guests of the uh uh, of the uh uh, family that had us down there the aladino family at their uh at their tobacco factory and and fields they did this thing we were walking through uh part of the whole tour and they had one of their uh guys that is their blender and he had this freshly rolled cigar that had a wrapper on it. Yeah, it, I think it was just like a regular um, uh, uh, Connecticut wrapper. And we we had each lit one and started to smoke it. And then while it was smoking, he took a Cameroon leaf and wrapped it around the cigar and secured it. We relit the cigar, and it so incredibly changed wow, the wow. flavor of that cigar from the wrapper leaf. So that's kind of what this reminds me of is how incredibly different these last two expressions have been they've both been unique and wonderful in their own way but this is really delicious thank you tell me about the retail price for a bottle of this this one same as the french oak 69 dollars. this is that wow quite frankly that's an incredible deal wow it really is given what today's prices are for uh for good bottles of whiskey, I think that's I think that's wonderful. This is uh, Mark. Are you as impressed by this as yeah, I am? Yeah, I think I think this is really interesting to be able to to offer something so different and so versatile. Different is a good word yeah, because yeah, yeah. it doesn't taste yeah. like any other uh, bourbon that I've ever tried. Yeah. It's just got wow. Oh, Barry, I, I know that this, this is a relatively new 
um, company um, for you. Yep. Are you? Do you have plans to produce? You mentioned about no age statements. Are you? Do you plan to produce something that does have an age statement? And are you? Are you holding something back? Yeah. Um, great question, Mark. Um, we right now in our inventory, we've got some 15 year barrels that that are in our inventory. You're going to see a 12 year, maybe 13 year come out um, an LTO later limited time offering later this year. We are building from the ground up a distillery in Lexington, Kentucky, right on Main Street. And you'll be able to come there. You'll be able to we're, we're going to distill. We're, that'll be our research and development distillery. You'll be able to come there, do do a Pour and then blend your own, you know. So what we want to wow, do? Wow, that is a, such a cool idea. Isn't, blend that, your isn't own. that great? Wow, great, great opportunity. We're going to be partnering with uh, with Goodwood. It's a um, it's a brewery and a restaurant concept, and we're going to share a, a space there. There'll be an indoor outdoor amphitheater, and what you see at, and on on the Bourbon Trail is this. We call it the napification of the Bourbon Trail. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's experiences. You know, yeah, you're combining that. food, you're combining experiences with that that distillery tour. But you're tour. right. People don't have experiences for distilleries like that. And when you're saying you can blend yep. your own and do stuff, I mean, yeah, yeah. That's, that well, seems like the next step. And I will tell you, some of the most amazing food I've ever eaten was in Sonoma, California. Mm -hmm. And I was there to go to wineries and wound up in a restaurant, and the meal was just <laughs> phenomenally good. Yeah. It's just stuff I'd never, you know, tasted before. But but you're, you're right about the experience. And the whole concept of making this all something that, that people can participate in on some level is really a good one. There are, I don't know, there's been an explosion, obviously, in distilleries in the United States in the past 10 years. Uh, and, you know, what sets you apart? What makes you different? Obviously, what you produce and how good it is but also the kind of experience you can offer people when they come and, and visit you. I, I think that's, I think that's spectacular. Yeah. I, and I love this, by the way, this is just, I'm not being, I'm not saying this just because you're here on the show, but this is something I would seek out and really enjoy. And, and if I was at a restaurant that had this, this would be, this would be my dessert. Well, and you talk about different experiences. This is unlike anything that anybody's doing mm -hmm. in Kentucky, mm -hmm. I think. Mm. Yeah, absolutely you. wonderful. Mark, we've only got a couple of minutes, but I think we have time to pop the top and uh, taste this IPA. And I don't know how this is going to go with such an unusual uh, uh, spirit here, but we'll we'll give it a try and see how we do. Uh, this is from Drecker. It is their IPA called uh, Ectogasm, which honestly sounds a little frighteningly like what might be in a, a sex well, scene in Ghostbusters. Yes, exactly. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> so I don't I don't know how I feel about that. I got that. slammed. Yeah, exactly. Isn't that the part of the scene where the ghost starts undoing his belt? I think it is. And by the way, they're doing yet another Ghostbusters, yes, which they proves are. that in Hollywood, no matter how many times something that worked once <laughs> fails consecutively after that, it's still somehow worth revisiting. Hey, you know what? The cartoon was really good, but it was right after they did the first one. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, the cartoon Star Trek was pretty good, too, but yeah. that doesn't necessarily mean we should have more cartoon Star Trek. All right, with just a moment left, guys, what are your thoughts on the ectogasm India Pale Ale? It's a lot more fruit than I expected. Mm-hmm. Drecker is a a really good producer of IPAs. Uh, in fact, we had we actually had an IPA of Drecker's on the show last week, and it was universally yes, loved. It yes. was a bigger one than this, 
But uh, this is quite good, I think. Yeah. yeah, I was expecting something a bit bolder, a bit bigger yeah. and, mm -hmm. and richer. And, and it, it's got some texture to it. It's got some half to it. But it's certainly not as uh, dry as I expected it to be. Just but out of quick finish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just out of curiosity, I'm going to yeah. go back to the whiskey. But I have to admit, I don't have high expectations for this pairing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Fruit and spice. I don't know. It's better than I yeah, would have yeah, expected. Yeah, maybe not so bad. I don't know nice. if it I, works. I don't know if I like it as much as I liked this mm. before the IPA, but uh, it's not. It's not bad actually, uh, which says a lot actually. I think about the whiskey, um, and we want to say a lot more about this whiskey. Plus, we have uh, drinking news coming up, and Mark brought a bottle that I can tell by its shape. I'm very likely to be excited about, and we'll get into that next. It's smoking and toasting. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting, our program all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Mark Burrell is here as our guest uh, co-host because Ian is on vacation this week. And I'd like to tell you guys a story that's actually true. In my radio broadcasting career, which you know ended before we started this show, I've actually been fired a number of times. <laughs> it's kind of a thing that happens in radio. Yeah. But I will just mention that of the times that I was fired, Three of them were immediately following a vacation. Oh. I came back from vacation oh. to be fired. Wow. And I just want to mention that as uh, we seem to be doing just a fine, fine show here without Ian, who is on vacation. So, <laughs> so sorry you're missing out, baby. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm joking, of course, but I do hope that someone relays that to him it just, to, you know, just to mess with him because... He does. Well, last time it happened to me, they called me while I was on vacation. Yeah, and just did it over the phone. It's better than being called while you're on the air. And uh, and, uh, I, and I will say that has happened to me as well. So I, I spent 12 years on the radio, and never did I get fired for drinking on the job. So yeah, well, yeah. you yeah. certainly won't get fired here for drinking Score. on the job. So uh, Mark Morell is our uh, guest co-host. Our uh, in-studio guest today is Barry Brenniger from RD One, and we have tried really some delicious whiskeys, and we want to get back to that in a moment but now it's time to pause for a bubbly break well absolutely mark knows that i love sparkling wine so uh i well and, and you know with valentine's coming up i had to bring a treat i had to bring yeah. something really really nice bill cart simon is one of those producers that is widely known for producing one of the better rosé sparkling, rosé champagne. Yeah, and I've definitely seen this logo on other bottles that I've opened. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, you know, I I often don't... Um, this was a gift for my birthday oh. um, a few months ago. And You're sharing a birthday gift I with am. us. That's a big well, you deal. Know, it's, it's kind of a big deal to be here today. And, and you know, with the, big, with the big Valentine's coming up, I thought pink champagne would be an appropriate thing now, to have. Getting the champagne or the sparkling wine right for Valentine's Day is a big deal. It is a big deal. You don't have to get everything right, but you really want to get the bubbly right. That's oh, yeah. that's my that's been my experience. Absolutely. And you know, there's there's little tricks that you can that you can do to make it to make it right. Mm -hmm. If you don't have, um, if you <clears throat> let's say you don't want to make it known that you uh, are not perhaps spending a lot of money mm -hmm. you can certainly point at something on the list for your for your sommelier or your your server um oftentimes wine lists will have like a number a bin number associated with that so you can say that bin number so they your your significant other doesn't really know exactly what you're doing yeah but you, but <laughs> come on if you start with bubbles 
it's going to be great. Yeah, and it's going to be a great and idea. And this is wonderful. Yeah. This is just delicious. Now, now, you mentioned this was a was a gift to you. It was. Is this something you might find on a menu at a restaurant? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, this is readily available in in restaurants. It's going through a distributor change at the moment. Um but I think that that's pretty much been dialed back that's been handled. Um, at this moment, and um, um, but but Bill Simone makes really beautiful rosé champagne. This is just this is just, this is just, just a taste sensation. It's like wine, yeah. what it what it leaves on your tongue after you've swallowed, after you've experienced the finish, and then just this wonderful sort of rosé buzz on your oh, tongue. Yeah, it's yeah. so wonderful. It's berries and 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 beautifulness, and just it's like spring day in it's, champagne. It's really a, a perfect Valentine's yeah, yeah. Day uh, champagne from the color to the. Uh, Flavor to you. Are you a fan of uh, sparkling wines? I don't discriminate on any spirit. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. I love this. This is so wonderful. Very yeah. refreshing. It's just, Mark, what does a bottle of this cost? Uh, 150, 175 bucks. Yeah. So yeah. I'll spend this, that. Is a, this is a spendy one, but I wanted to share something nice with well, you. Well, you have. Uh, Thank you. You have made my Valentine's Day already. This is, a, <laughs> this is fantastic. My sweetheart. Fantastic. Yeah. He's flirting with I'll me. send you some of those uh, heart candy things with a little <laughs> be mine uh, uh, on them. Uh, just to, this is the guy you want in your camp on Valentine's That's Day. Right. Mm, Trust yeah, me. Yeah. All right, we got to take a break. Guess what, kids? Drinking news is next. You are watching and listening to Smoking and Toasting. We'll be right back. Cheers. Cheers. Welcome back at Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And in this case, about some really amazing <laughs> sparkling wine. Woo! In fact, I, I, I want to just, I, I want to give it, tell me the name of this again, Mark, so I don't get this wrong. It's called Billicart Simone. Billicart Simone. So I'm going to give the Billicart Simone Brut Rosé Award for how incredible this is to Taylor Swift. Oh, because yeah. I don't want to be the only show that hasn't given her an award uh, this year. <laughs> so, uh, so Taylor, we salute you. You're awesome. And uh, thank you for... Uh, for being, um, I don't know if you guys are, you know, paying attention at the Super Bowl. Oh wait, add one to the list. Of, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Oops. Uh, but uh, there is actually an over under for how many times Taylor Swift will be on camera ah, at the okay. Super Bowl. That makes so, absolute yeah, sense. So, you yeah. know, they actually <laughs> have one on whether or not he will propose to oh, Taylor. That's not happening. It's not happening. On, but they already so have one on happening. No, wait, so wait, wait. Happening. Taylor Taylor Swift is the running back, right? I mean, yeah. is a, <laughs> yeah. a, a fast right. running back. That's right. So <laughs> it, it, it occurs to me that my favorite photo of the year was one that uh, Swifties got really worked up about because it was a photo of three different players from the Philadelphia Eagles, and they were each facing away from the camera so you could read their names ah. on the uh, on the back of their jerseys, right? And uh, J uh, Travis Kelsey's brother, Jason Kelsey, plays mm -hmm. for the Eagles. So his was the first jersey. It's, yep. It says Kelsey. The second one was the quarterback of the Eagles. His name was Jalen Hurts. So it said Hurts. Oh, gosh. And then the third one was another member of the Eagles, a running back, I believe, whose last name is Swift. So the, the in the photo it says 
Kelsey hurt Swift, and the Swifties <laughs> went crazy. Hated it. Yeah, they hated it. You know, there's all kinds of nuances as far as the numbers and these little things that just happenstance, and they all think that that. It's, oh yeah, it's planned. It's, it's something. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's some sort of conspiracy be, theory. The stars. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of things that are meant to be, ladies and gentlemen, welcome uh, to what has inexplicably <laughs> become the most popular segment on this program. It's a little thing we like to as call drinking news. Drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a bet. When asked about his absent arm, he said, uh, I had to take my gator to the vet. Drinking news. Drinking news. <laughs> now it's time for drinking news. Brilliant. Cheers, y'all. Uh, Ian Barry on ukulele and lead vocals. That was Roberto Rivas Villar, yes. our guest from last week's show, uh, <laughs> filling in with the uh, Gator line. So Drinking <laughs> News is a, a segment of the program where we bring you a story from the news. It's not from a parody site. It's from the news uh, that sometimes, maybe even often, involves drinking and is about drinking, but is always best enjoyed if you've been drinking. And I think that's where this week's uh, drinking news story falls. So I was thinking this week <clears throat> about music, specifically about songs that I cannot stand. Okay. There's only actually a few of them. I've mentioned here on the show before my contempt for Bobby McFerrin's Don't Worry, Be Happy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the saddest part of that story is that McFerrin's actually a wildly talented jazz artist, but he'll unfortunately be remembered by most people only for making one of the most annoying songs in history. <laughs> but perhaps worse is a tune that had success in 2005 and 2006 from Canadian singer-songwriter Daniel Powder. This evil little track gained popularity in Europe when it was used in a Coca-Cola commercial, of course, and in the U.S. when American Idol began to play it as a goodbye song for contestants who'd been voted off the show. Sort of a rub-it-in-your-face kind of thing. <laughs> right? The song lyrics are as ridiculous as they are insidious. Because you had a bad day. You're taking one down. You sing a sad song, and you turn it around. You say you don't know. You tell me, don't lie. You work at a smile, and you go for a ride. As much as I can't stand the condescension and the empty platitudes of this tune, I found it playing in my head as I prepared this week's drinking news story. Because as this news item will show, it's possible to have a bad day. And then it's possible to have a really bad day. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Such was the case for an unidentified New Hampshire woman. Described by neighbors as a 60-year-old resident of a Manchester housing complex who most definitely had the kind of bad day that Daniel Powder could only dream about. Our New Hampshire woman was apparently taking out the garbage when she somehow, and I'm not making this up, fell into the dumpster and was unable to get out. Now, wait a second. How does one fall into a dumpster? Uh, this, is, this is the question of this entire story. Okay, all right. Dumpster diving. Yeah, but... You know, one is reminded of that commercial from back in the 80s of, I've fallen and, and I, I can't, can't get up. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, now, first of all, how in God's name 
do you take out your hefty bags of trash <laughs> and somehow wind up falling in to the dumpster itself? It seems almost impossible to do. And yet this woman managed to pull it off. But then, after somehow accomplishing this incredibly difficult feat, she then apparently lost her superhuman abilities that enabled her to vault her body into the dumpster and try as she might, she could not manage to get out. Now, this would be enough to get the Daniel Powder Bad Day song playing over and over in your head, but it's not where our unidentified woman's story ends. I'm picturing her with a, like a banana on her head, right? <laughs> banana peel? Totally. That is totally the 1970s Saturday morning That's cartoon right. illustration. Uh, yeah, well... Uh, no, the the story apparently doesn't end there, unfortunately. <clears throat> because the 60-year-old's bad day got even worse. Because apparently, the day she chose to catapult herself into the garbage receptacle was, in fact, trash collection oh, day it was. at the yes. housing complex. Absolutely. Yep, that's right. No amount of singing a sad song and then you turn it around <laughs> changed the fact that, according to Manchester fire officials, the complex's dumpster was ultimately dumped into a garbage truck. And then, of course, you know what happened next. Aye, aye, aye. According to Fire Department Battalion Chief Bob Baudet, the garbage truck then proceeded to compact oh, the trash, mm. including our bad day woman. Four times. Whoa. That's kind of smart. Baudet told local news outlet WMUR, in 32 years, I've never seen anything like this in my whole career. <laughs> it's alarming, he said, because you don't really think it's true. You don't think it really happens. But in this day and age, times are tough and people <laughs> do different things. So that was definitely one for the books. People I have do no things. idea what he was talking <laughs> yeah, about. Yeah. No idea. <laughs> <laughs> neighbors reportedly watched as the whole night, as neighbors will do, by mm -hmm. the way, yeah. reportedly watched as the whole nightmare scene the blinds. unfolded and firefighters scrambled to rescue the woman. All you heard was screaming, one resident told news reporters. My kids are home from school and they're watching. And I was like, girls, once you see her come out, I don't want you watching. No. <laughs> that would be the time to stop. Right? Yeah. Fortunately, the crews say that the garbage truck driver had a camera in the back of his truck and thankfully noticed her inside, but not before he'd run the compactor <laughs> four, four times. times. <laughs> the good news is that the woman was rushed to a hospital in serious condition, but is expected to survive. So we have that to be happy about. Now, you might think it's callous of us here at Drinking News to find some humor in this story. But how much more unfeeling is it to write a song with such empty cliches <laughs> as you had a bad day, yeah. take a sad song and turn it around? One wonders if Daniel Powder will release a sequel to his bad day song to chronicle the woman's really bad day in our story. If so, I have actually and unbelievably gone so far as to help him with some suggested All lyrics right, let's hear it. for a follow-up version <laughs> of Bad Day. Yeah, okay. And without Ian here to accompany me on the ukulele, I will ask you, Mark. Okay. If you'd rather I sing this a cappella or just read it in poetry form. Oh, no. Uh, sing it. You must <laughs> sing it. 
This is an absolute must. I think this is what Ian would want. Well, I just want to point out, and this is a way of, of absolving myself, that it was Mark, in fact, who brought you what you were about to hear. Yes. It was his decision. <clears throat> and it goes a little something like this. All right. Because you had a bad day, you're taking out trash, you fall in the bin and get quadruple smashed. We all feel your pain. We hope you're okay. But we'll minimize this and we'll simply say, you had a bad day. Bless her heart. You had a really effing bad oh, yeah. day. But here's a little song I wrote. Between screams, you can sing it note for note. You got compacted. <laughs> but be happy. Reporting live from Manchester, New Hampshire, where one of the most amazing things about this story is that the garbage truck driver told fire officials that this is not the first time this has happened. <sighs> And he's not even from Florida. No. <laughs> My name is Cruz, and that is your drinking news. <laughs> and usually we have That's Ian amazing. to top off with a, with a, one more course of the drinking you, news you, song. You, but you, with, with them not here. Yeah. No, it's, it, it's all good. We're all good. So thank you guys for tolerating another drinking news story. I just have to say, I got through that with help from this. <laughs> this is, then, wow, what a I will bring you champagne every week if, uh, if we can end it. <laughs> uh, so those compactors imagine? don't smash all the way is what uh, you're apparent, saying. Apparently. <laughs> I would, well, so I just remember the scene in Star Wars, That's right? That's all I could think of the yeah, whole right. time you were when, saying. When like Han Solo, yeah, and it's like closing and closing. Like trying yeah. to find a broom handle yeah, to right. try and stop yeah. it. Because that'll work. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I have to admit, I've never fallen in a, a dumpster of trash, but I actually know people who have. Okay, so but you have to elevate yourself to do that. Right. You have to go above the lid of the yes, compactor. To, yeah. to fall into Most it. Most of the time when you hear about someone falling into a, uh, you know, a, a trash dumpster, they were dumpster diving. They were looking for sure. something yeah. in there. Maybe something they threw away they wanted to get back, or maybe they just thought they might find some hidden treasure. Yeah. yeah maybe but. she was a hoarder. Maybe she was a hoarder and she was reaching in to grab something that was going to complete her collection. And she fell in. I, I'm, 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 I'm trying to help here. There's that you bobby take pin. a sad song and you turn it around. Uh, that's that's bad. All right, we. It's uh, my favorite visit here, by the way. Uh, good, good. I'm glad. And it involved me singing, which that's as counterintuitive as it gets. Just so you know, uh, we have another expression uh, we want to try here of RD1 while we still have a couple of moments yep. in this uh, segment, and I have. Uh, uh, a couple of glasses that you can fill. Uh, by the way, uh, it has really been a pleasure uh, having you on today, Barry. This Thank is, you. Uh, Thank uh, you, Cruz. Not only has the uh, whiskey been good, but we've enjoyed your company. And uh, I, I'm still like kind of kind of gobsmacked by that last one that we had. So yeah. we'll see what you save for last. All right. Well, hopefully save the best for last. This is a double finish in oak and maple and unmistakably on the nose. I mean, maple. you could be a novice. You're, you're going to get maple, yeah. right? Yeah. And get a little almost like a, a a smokiness to it as well. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Definitely some earthy notes there. Mm. Wow. Mm -hmm. So, so. 
once you have swallowed and you have the finish, that's where you get the real campfire oh, yeah. kind of a vibe. Oh yeah, coming back on the finish and and maple. I mean, that's a, yeah, it's big obvious. time maple. It's, it's, yeah, this is almost like pancakes and syrup. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're like an IHOP, and we've got a stack of flapjacks right in front of us with maple syrup dripping down on mm. it. it. It's so delicious. Um, there's a there's a butterscotch note on there. There's a pecan mm. note on pecan there. Pecan for sure. Yeah, and, and and you know it, it's coming from that wood, but this makes a, a terrific maple old fashioned. Oh my gosh, so, so good. I got to ask you this: We've tried a number of of uh, bourbons and whiskeys on this show. It, with a number of different, you know, uh, barrel finishes and stuff, yours seem so much more distinct from each other than many we've tried. Is there any reason that you can think of that that there's such a distinct difference in the flavor of this all with the same mash bill? You know, I, I've got to give props to our, our our bourbon consultants that have really helped us. You know, because they they've been around the industry for decades, and and what we wanted to do is we wanted to separate ourselves, and what we did is we created a portfolio that cast a wide net. You know, so if yeah. you like traditional bourbon, we've got it. If you like a complex bourbon, we've got it. If you want a wild adventure, we've got it. If you want a sweet new entrance to drinking bourbon, we've got it. It's it's really fascinating. Mark, uh, real quick, your take on this last one. Um, I, I make a maple old-fashioned um, at, at the lodge, and this takes half the workout, really. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's, it's really nice. I love that, that rich that cooked butterscotch that kind of comes no. through, yeah. All right, we'll talk about this a little bit more and try our final beer when we come back. It's smoking and toasting, craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars and dumpsters. We'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Our show is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And I would just like to point out, by the way, oh, Mark, you do that really well. See, you you, you watched Ian, I think, and learned from his way to sort of fumbly open a, uh, 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 a bottle of beer. Anything for the sound, right? I would just like to point out, by the way, to those of you who are currently appealing to the uh, NPB, the National Podcast Board, uh, about the fact that I uh, sang on that last segment, <laughs> that it was not my choice. It was Mark Burrell. That's right. I'll take the blame. It was Mark Burrell who chose that. That's what he thought that I should do. Um, we are in studio with uh, a really cool special guest uh, that is, you know, I think, really kind of making the show today, in my opinion. Barry Brenniger from RD1 Spirits. Your spirits are, have been so delicious. They've been so distinctly different from each other. And I want to talk about that a little bit more. And I want to get to uh, the heart of how people find you and how people find your uh, spirits. But in the meantime, Mark has poured the blackest beer I've yeah. ever seen. <laughs> you know, we talk about beers looking like motor oil. I don't even know what this. This Look is how the, it coats the glass. Yeah. Oh, I know molasses. The darkest. It's like yeah. a cup of molasses yeah. almost. Uh, this is from our friends at Prairie Artisan Ales in McAllister, Oklahoma. Uh, this is their espresso marty, oh. <laughs> uh, which is meant to be it like a, an espresso martini. And you can see, Mark, if you'll kind of show that. I know we have some B roll, but if you kind of show that to the uh, to the camera there. That is the espresso martini uh, on the on the front of it, making making a face. And you mentioned barrel aged imperial stout with coffee, vanilla, espresso, natural flavor, and caramel color. So you mm -hmm. mentioned how coffee and espresso martinis are becoming a bigger They're and bigger huge. thing. Yeah, huge. 
It's huge now, and and it's a big deal. In fact, you know, I had mentioned that I was on the on a on a cruise last week, and they actually have espresso martini on tap. So if it's if it's made it into the <laughs> middle of the Caribbean, um, it's it's a big deal. It's everywhere right now. Honestly, this is just absolutely delicious. <laughs> this is one of the best stouts I think I've tasted in a very long time, and we taste some very yeah. good stouts yes. on this show here. You agree, Terry? Yes. This is like it's really good. This is exemplary. Yes, it what is. do you think, Mark? I would pour this over vanilla ice cream oh yeah mm -hmm. if ian were here i think he would say he would pour it over his nipples and they aren't even sensitive that's one of his favorite things to I, mean, say. I think he just had an ectogasm yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's in the caribbean with alan yeah. denny so right. you put it all together however you want to um so uh, barry uh your thoughts on this uh very interesting beer I love this. Oh my gosh! And and go back to that maple, double oak and maple, and taste that with this. Oh, oh my gosh! Okay. What a great pairing. Mm. It it mutes the maple, but but it really oh, complements so nicely. If Ian were here, he would say they form like Voltron. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That that is. I'll let him have that. That is spectacular. Yeah. It I, really I love is. it. So I make I make the the espresso martini at the lodge with. Instead of vodka, I'm not a big vodka guy, so I use spiced rum with mm -hmm, it. Mm -hmm. This would make a great espresso martini. Mm -hmm. Not that I would want to, you know, go crazy with your with your with your bourbon, but I think the the notes that maple notes in there with this coffee sing really well. Barry, uh, yeah. you, you you have Truth. given us four outstanding expressions today. Really, Thank you. really very impressive. Um, in in price range, you've given us the first three. What is this last one? The uh, same as all the wood finishes. They're all sixty nine dollars. So fifty nine for the straight bourbon. All the wood finishes are sixty nine dollars. So wow. how can people? How and where can people find your bourbons? And where should people find you online? So we are in the Texas market. You can find us as Specs. We're um, uh, currently. I'm getting ready to go down to Beaumont and and run the Houston I'm market. <laughs> I'm sorry, that just came out. I didn't. It wasn't planned. Hi, mom. <laughs> it was perfect. But but we're we're on store shelves, and and if you can't find us on store shelves, just ask your uh, your buyer to to right. bring us in. What about other states? Where are you available? We're currently we're in um, 16 markets. So okay. we're we're in Kentucky, Indiana, Michigan, Tennessee, Florida, Louisiana, Texas, Colorado, California. I mean, we're in a lot of markets and growing uh, nice. in, in the East Coast. Yeah, so we're, we're super excited. You can find us online at rd1spirits.com. Um, my name is Barry Brenniger. You can find me on the socials on uh, Facebook and Instagram, but love to connect with you. And, and you know, we're selling single barrels. So yeah, give me a very, call. Very I'm your good. Huckleberry. Mark, if I want a, uh, a reservation at the, uh, at the Rainbow Lodge, how far in advance do I need to book? Because um, you guys, I well, know that depends on which day you want. I can get you in on the twelfth and the thirteenth of what this month. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. Well, that's impressive with Valentine's Day being the fourteenth. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, Probably by the time this airs, that will no longer be. Probably yet. not. Yeah. yeah. Give yeah. me a call. I'm always yeah. there. Yeah. If you're in the Houston area, I cannot recommend the Rainbow Lodge highly enough, especially if you have an appetite for something a little different, because they're menu features not only marks incredible choices with wine and and spirits but also amazing choices in terms of 
One like of the meat. few places in town for antelope, elk, and buffalo. Uh, and the elk is so good. Wow. So good. Oh, it's so yeah. good. Mark, thank you for being here and it's co-hosting today. Absolutely. This has been great fun. Barry, thank you. Uh, we appreciate you being on. You're welcome back anytime. Thank you, Chris. And your spirits are wonderful. And thank you, everyone, for listening and hanging uh, out with us. And most of all, thanks to Ian, who's enjoying a, a kind of crappy beer somewhere in the Caribbean. Have a great week, my <laughs> friends. Cheers. And, uh, cheers. Cheers, y'all.